0: this series is for you. Experienced agent, this series is for you. It doesn't matter. Agent on a team, team leader, we're going to give you strategies and techniques to figure out how to scale and grow your business to close deals today. Not in the future, not tomorrow, today. This is what we're focusing on all month, the techniques, the strategies you need. So welcome to the Agent Power Huddle.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome. I love that uh, revised intro that Jesse did because it's never been more critical, right? We're in a shifting market. So figuring out ways to generate now business can really be a difference maker. And as we've seen, if you've been in this industry for any length of time, shifting markets either thins the herd or generates superstars. And it's basically a decision in your own mind that decides which one you're going to be. So how many of you, uh, show of hands, if you're on video, how many of you have buyers right now who are saying, I'm going to wait until rates go down or I'm going to wait until prices go down. Am I the only one? Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. It's, uh, it's understandable, right? Like I, I definitely, before we kick this thing off, I just want to set the context. It's completely reasonable for someone who's not informed like we are to think, Hmm, The last time we had a recession and the last time we had this kind of volatility in the stock market, what happened? My freaking house went down by 30%, right? I mean, that's their most recent recollections. The difference now is we are in a different economy. We're in a different recession. In fact, I don't know if you guys heard it. I literally heard it on the drive-in this morning. GDP for the third quarter went up. And so we're already out of the recession. Look at that, right? I know, Lo- loosely defined, Mike, I'm with you there. But the definition is pretty black and white. The media and the government would like to think it's more complicated. We were in a recession for the first quarter and the second quarter. We didn't know until the end of the second quarter that we had had two months of consecutive shrinking GDP, but we did, and they all wanted to pretend like we didn't. And then the third quarter, it actually grew a little over 2%, which which outperformed uh, forecasts. So the, the point I've made in other Zoom meetings is that the Great Recession started with a weak economy and eight months of inventory and irresponsible lending practices, right? I think we could all agree those are the, th- the three main drivers for the Great Recession. This recession was initially driven by COVID, right? We had a, a very short recession last year over, during COVID, and then now this one also being quite short driven by supply chain issues you we could argue whether that's self-inflicted or government driven but at the end of the day that's part of the issue right and so i don't i don't begrudge any buyer who's like holy crap would i be better served to hang out and wait because last time this happened prices went down 30 percent. couldn't i benefit from that right so What we want to do as professionals is educate them on what the economy is doing and where it's headed, while at the same time, you know, illuminating the fact that that ain't going to happen. We aren't going to see depreciation. Now, have you seen homes in your area go down from last month to this month? Sure. The biggest driver of that is sellers reducing their list prices, right? But we don't measure appreciation month to month. We measure it year over year, right? So uh, the appreciation, I'm in the Seattle market, as you can tell by the scene behind me, uh, our appreciation numbers for, what month are we, we're in October, 1st September, were 13%. <laughs> I, I'd say that with a laugh because the historical averages for single family dwellings across the entire United States is 8 to 10%. So we're still above average, right? And I've been saying and forecasting for a while that we're going to see it dip down closer to 5%, but it doesn't mean it's going to go negative, right? And if if you want to really get into the granular on why I believe that with all my heart, watch, uh, I do a market update video every month. And if you go to my YouTube channel, just search for Ed Lane Broker, there's one from May entitled when the bubble is going to burst talk about clickbait right the fact of the matter is the bubble ain't going to burst and i walk through the three primary issues why that's true and and i welcome you to to take a look and give me your thoughts because i talk through a number of facts not opinion and then i draw a conclusion from that which is opinion right and so all of our opinions matter and And our ability to communicate that to our our clients, our leads, our prospects is pretty important. So what I want to share on the screen today is uh, we actually did a mastermind
2: on my team about
1: three weeks ago, I want to say. And it was called the top six things to say to buyers who want to wait, right? And it really was a mastermind. And if I can, I'd like to replicate that to some degree here. We got a fair amount of people on this call. So by all means, chime in, because we're gonna talk about what are some of the things that you can illuminate about the market? What are some of the things that you can use to allay their concerns, you know, things like that. So let's dive in, shall we? So the top six reasons to buy,
2: number one reason, rates. And
1: think of the irony of that, right? Most consumers are gonna go, I shouldn't buy because of rates, right? But think about this, the Fed meets next week, right? Show of hands, how many people think the Fed's gonna raise rates next week, right? Me too. I actually had a a bet, I was in Dallas for a conference, and a guy who is the senior director of a hedge fund, who's super plugged in, uh, we were debating whether the last one was gonna be a hundred basis points or 75. And he said a hundred and gave me the reasons why, and, and his reasons made sense. The main driver was, um, you know, the inflation reduction act was not anything as it's t- entitled and the markets took a beating when they signed that act into law because they knew it was going to have the opposite effect. Right. And so for that reason, he said, feds going to do it hundred basis points. And as we all know, now in hindsight, it was 75. So I emailed him. I said, I should have made a bet with you, but I didn't. So, uh, the good news is 7% isn't that out of the ordinary, right? It just stings for people who have only been paying attention for The last five to 10 years, right? Because we literally never had rates under five until 2010. Think about that, right? Another sort of corollary is because of that, NAR estimates 75% of realtors have never seen rates above five. Let that sink in, right? I mean, shoot. I, for those of you that don't know me, I was a licensed uh, loan officer for 25 years before I even got my real estate license. And so I was a, the mortgage guru for a long time. And my own parents had a 14% interest rate in the 80s. And I was like, what the hell are you doing? Your son could give you something, you know, under 10. And they were like, oh, you know, we just never asked or never thought about it. So it's all about perspective, right? And like the screen says the 70 year average is 7.2 well bank dot career, says 7.16 for the last week we're, we're right in the average right so does that suck yeah compared to 3.1 but is it you know exorbitant or out of line not based on historical averages now What has to happen for a lot of buyers is they have to work through the grieving process of, oh man, I missed the 3%, right? We've all, you know, if if you own a home and you didn't refi into the threes, you know, you're probably feeling the same way right now. But here's the point I want to make about rates. A, they're not that terrible. B, if we all agree the Fed's going to raise rates next week, and they actually have another open market committee meeting in December. And I believe they're going to raise rates again because the inflation is just too out of control, right? So what you have to ask yourself is how many times will they need to raise rates before uh, inflation will start to, to you know, subside, at which point they will start to lower rates? I heard an economist just yesterday say he anticipates being back down in the fives by the end of of next year. I've been saying the same thing for about two months, right? Because we have never had a recession where rates did not go down. Think about that, right? We've literally, in our country's history, we've had, I think, 13 recessions. And in every single one of them, rates went down and home values went up. So is this one going to be different? Well, yeah, to a a degree, right? Because we're starting the recession with unbelievable inflation. So they're going to go up before they go down. But once they get inflation under control, they're going to start to lower rates again. So you should be talking to your clients about, hey, let's buy a property that you can afford, right? I never want to put somebody in a situation where they have to eat top ramen every night but let's buy something you can afford and you should plan to refinance as soon as the end of next year right so again we we don't want to do the the same mistakes we did in 05 06 and 07 which is you know buy a a 1% arm and expect the payment to never change and then you're sorely disappointed when it does but buy something you can afford and just know that The rates, if they improve to the point where a refi makes sense, a lot of economists and myself believe that's going to happen probably within 12 months, maybe 18. And there's a little bit of nuance there when you're talking about loan product selection, too. So, like, um, I closed a deal last month where we had 23 grand in buy-down money. That's a motivated seller, right? So we took advantage of that. But does it make sense to buy the rate down on a 30-year mortgage when you think you're going to refi in 12 to 18 months? No, right? Because you just wasted that money by buying the interest rate down from seven to, to five, eight, seven, five, or or six. And then you're going to refi in 12 months, potentially. And so it would have been smarter to take that 20 grand and just take it off the price, right? Or um, use it to get into like a 5-1-R because it's safe to assume that you're going to be able to refi within five years. Even if you're not as optimistic as I am, you're going to be able to refi within five years. Wouldn't you agree? So anyway, the short version of this slide is if we all believe rates are gonna continue to go up, isn't buying sooner, smarter than buying later? And the short answer
2: is yeah, right? Reason number two, inventory.
1: Now, this is specific to King County, Seattle area, which is where I'm at right now, but but analyze this for your own market. What has inventory done over the last couple of months? Go back three months if you want. Go back, whatever period makes it more compelling, right? But in our area, it's gone up 46% in the last 60 days, and that's because of high interest rates, buyer apprehension, right? And so inventory is growing. What's funny, and the the, the pivot that I would say to sellers is when your inventory is at one or one and a half months. Going up 46% just means you got to two, right? So we're still in a seller's market, but for buyers, we're trying to motivate buyers. It's, Hey man, you got more choices. You got less competition. Yeah. Rates are higher than we'd like, but it's temporary. How many of you have heard the mortgage saying you marry the house, but date the rate, right? So that means find the perfect property and just know that your mortgage is going to be temporary because hopefully rates go down and we refi out of it. All right. Number three, seller motivation, right? Gone are the days of escalator clauses, uh, waving freaking everything in your offer, right? Non-refundable earnest monies and, and, uh, even released earnest money to the seller. I have a deal. Some of you heard me tell this story before, but I've not met others of you. So I'll tell it again. So those of you that heard it, tough. That I had a client who had a front row seat for the shift.
2: We were writing offers
1: in April, 200 grand over asking. And then losing. And they got so beat up by it, they decided to take the month of May and June just off. They're like, I need a break. The emotional stress of losing like this sucks. So I'm out. We go back into the market in July, put something into escrow in August and close. And we got it 180 grand under asking. That's the shift, right? And that's because sellers are motivated. Think about the, the the apprehension that buyers feel because of rates converts to panic in sellers, right? Because their their neighbor sold in 12 minutes with 20 offers, and now their house is sitting. That story I just told, you know how long that house was on the market? 14 days, and we got it 180 grand under. I mean, it's it's crazy how motivated sellers can be, but. Remember, nobody buys and sells because of rates, right? They're buying and selling because of some life event or some opportunity. The rates are just an influencer, but they're not the motivation. And so when a seller puts his home on the market, it's because they're trying to get away from pain or get towards pleasure. You know, in this case, uh, it was this one was actually in the state. And so the heirs were like, yeah, let's get this deal done. So it was funny too. The agent tried to play hardball with me. That didn't work. And so he later said, we are not losing this buyer. He said, I I know. know." All right. Interest rates again. Rates could decline in the future. And to that point, we have never had a recession where they didn't. So I kind of touched on this on the earlier rate slide. And I... I wrote could, they will. Like you don't see rates decline 13 previous recessions and assume the 14th one, they're not going to, right? The question is just how much and how soon because we have this initial window of time where they actually need to raise rates to stem inflation. I think I've beaten that horse enough. Number five. Is it better to own something that's appreciating with a high interest rate or wait if you think it's going to go down and buy it with a lower interest rate but at a higher price? That's a a valid question, right? And that's a question your buyers may not ask, but it's what they're wondering about. So what we did is we actually just put some numbers to it, right? So, would you rather pay six and a half for a seven hundred thousand dollar house, or five and a half for a seven thirty-five? I would change this today because now rates are more like seven, right? And next week they're going to be even higher. But I would I would use current numbers and then just do the math for people, and then figure out what's the difference in principal and interest in the payments, right? So this math assumes the buyer either bought it today at six and a half with 20% down and that's the P&I payment on top or if they didn't buy it but waited a year and bought it with five and a half percent interest but 20% down so what happens number one their down payment is bigger if they buy it a year from now right so that's more money out of pocket number two they're not Writing the appreciation ways, right? They don't own it for those 12 months. This conservatively assumes 5%. I, probably if I redid this slide for an, a meeting with a buyer today, I'd change it to 13% because that's a real factual appreciation number from right now. But we wanted in this context to be conservative, so we use 5%. The difference is 200 bucks a month, right? the difference between 3540 and 3339 so 200 bucks a month over 12 months is $2400 right out of pocket versus the 35 grand in appreciation plus the additional money down and then you can forecast a break even point for that
2: That's- it's yeah we play a little devil's advocate here? Please. please. Yeah.
3: You muted yourself, Brian. That's that's rude to yourself. Yeah, sorry. I, I just want to do that before you did it to me. But, but then, <laughs> <laughs> the, the market's still going down. So you, you may historically say that it's going to go up 5%, but I see it's still going down 5%. So I think we're going to actually lose $35,000 in appreciation,
1: not gain it. Yeah. What would you say to that? Did you, were you on at the beginning of this call or, or did you, yeah, but, I'm a
3: buyer, but I'm a buyer, right? You, you know, yeah. Yeah. No,
1: no. I'm, I'm, I'm happy I, I, I don't remember what you told me 10 seconds ago. I just want anybody who showed up late to know that I've already covered this and Brian's just making me repeat myself. No, I'm kidding. Brian, you know what? That's a great question. Here's the thing I would tell you. We are not in a depreciating market. We are seeing values decline from one month to the next, but we don't measure appreciation or depreciation month to month. We measure it year over year, right? So is this home that you buy today going to be worth less in October of 2023? I can practically
2: guarantee it. And I'll tell you why
1: all of this behavior that you're seeing that's affecting pricing is emotional right because buyers saw rates spike 200 basis points in may and what did they do they got on the sideline right when they got on the sideline sellers started going oh crap my house is now two weeks on the market or whatever and i expected it to sell in the first weekend so now i'm going to cut my list price and that's most of what people are seeing, you know, are list price reductions which if you really think about it those were before the home got listed they were forecasting an increasing market and so they set their price based on that projection and then the demand went away because of rates and so they were like shoot i got to reduce my price because of that so if if your thought is i think home values are going to go down over the next year I would point out to you that we actually are still very much in the seller's market. Like I said, everything that's happening right now about pricing is emotional. The fact of the matter is we only have two months of inventory in our market. And if you're familiar with how we measure the tipping point from buyer's market to seller's market, the number is six months. So we would actually have to have triple the inventory that we have now in order to see depreciation. And I'm not saying that you didn't see your neighbor's house go down, right? It, it is happening in certain areas from one month to the next. But again, we don't measure it, excuse me, month to month, we measure it year over year. Does that make sense?
3: Yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense. I, I'm just still a little nervous
1: right now about everything. Well, what I would tell you is you, you it's your money, it's your house, right? If you want to stay on the sideline, you can, but you're going to miss out on appreciation. And everyone says, gosh, I wish I would have bought two years ago. Well, two years from now, people are going to be saying the same thing. Uh, uh, realtor, not
3: not as a buyer anymore, 100% agreed. Everybody's been sitting on the sideline since 2016 is kicking themselves in 2018, then 2020, now 2022. Yeah. So um agreed all right no thank you for just doing that that's a lot of the feedback that we're getting from our buyers Totally. You know, giving yeah. them stats giving them everything but they're just emotional whatever news or whatever they're listening to are still scared one
4: other yeah. point yes go ahead mike well, you know the five percent drop is from a theoretical value they were counting on their property being worth some amount but and, and maybe they had to drop their price but that's not really a 5% drop from the true value of the property. That was from their expectation of an appreciated price. So it may be a softening of the upward curve, but it doesn't mean that if you bought a property six months ago, it's actually worth 5% less than than it was.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's very true. Plus, you know, you you don't you don't lock in a loss until you sell anyway. And so most of these people aren't going to suffer a loss forever because if they're analyzing it based on what they paid for the home, they still have a gain. (laughs) You know, if it's such a terrible market, why is the IRS holding out their hand when you sell your house? What other questions
2: role play? Did you go back to number five real quick? Yeah. Yeah. There. And we can um, we can put this slide deck on the agent power huddle site. Lisa, I don't know if you're on here, but. I will
1: send it to you. And, uh, you know, if you guys want to plagiarize this thing, I would. Right. And then host an event. And either to frame it for buyers. Hey, come into my event. We're going to teach you on the top six reasons why now is still a good time to buy or host an event for agents. That's what we did. We had about 20 agents come in and we just masterminded on this topic. You got it, Sally. We'll make sure those
2: get to you. Did you get what you needed, Scott? Yeah, go to six again. Too fast. There you
1: go. And I'll tell you, the the first time I created the slide deck, I used 10%. 10%, And I wish I hadn't changed it now that the numbers came out and it ended up being 13. But that's... So Brian, back to your role play. That's the thing that you all should be doing with your market. Figure out what is the year-over-year appreciation right here in Denver or wherever you're at so that when somebody says i'm convinced it's going to go down you can rebut that right we're not trying to get into an argument but most most buyers are formulating this opinion based on emotion right and i like to sprinkle some facts on people i still want them to make their own decision but a lot of people just don't know the facts
2: Any other questions or comments?
1: We're kind of getting close to the bottom of the half hour.
3: Agreed. Can you go back to four real quickly? I missed four. Yeah. I got written down except for four.
1: Four is rates. Oh, just rates
3: again? Okay.
1: Yeah. So the rates was mentioned twice. The second time was uh the refi argument of it. And the first one was the Hey, if you think they're going up, isn't it smarter to, to get today's rate rather than wait for tomorrow's rate? Right.
2: Any other questions or comments?
1: <laughs> Brian, did you see Scott's chat? No, no, I, I missed it. He said you're still in Vegas. <laughs>
3: why do you think I got the background on <laughs> <laughs>
2: exactly?
3: So, no, All right. I, yeah, I would, I have a couple of members of my team on here. Uh, I'd love to hear from them because they're, they're also dealing with this on the front lines. Does anybody have anything that, that a buyer has stumped them on that, you know, Ed is great. And, uh, this slide deck is great. And just, I would just role play this. Everybody, um, with with mirror mirror on the wall until you had it down. So. Totally good advice. Could, could I say something? Please. So um,
4: I think, so I have a team, I'm a team leader in Michigan and um, I do real estate well with my fiance in California. So we have two places. I think a lot of this BS like that's happening. I think a lot of it is real estate agents just getting in their own head and talking themselves out of working with the clients who want it. Uh, for us, we have a large database, about 300,000. And wow. every agent, every, I'm not saying every agent, but of the, a lot of agents on my team, like uh, if one person says something out of 10, then every every lead they called in, they said it. I think a lot of it is mindset. When you step into the seat in the morning, look, I come from the Jeff Glover days, you know, where you're calling physicals and expires. If you're going to get hung up on, people are going to tell you rates are bad and this and that. You can handle the objection. Like, and really it gets back down to the condition. What was the reason the client started looking for to move in the first place? Something is causing them to move. Can you resolve that problem? Look, if the problem is not big enough, they weren't going to move anyways, regardless if the rate was 1%, right? So if you can find the condition that caused them to put the information and caused them to contact you, all the rates and all that become irrelevant. And then you work through the people you want. Again, if you're calling a database of 300,000 people, that can get irritating, getting hung up on all day. But if you make 100 dials a day, I can guarantee you that you could find two or three people who are going to tell you what their problem is. And if you can be relatable, no like and trust, and you walked in their shoes before, they're going to
1: work with you. And I think a lot of it is just mindset, to be honest. That's just my opinion. You nailed it. You nailed it. I wish your name was in there because I'm pretty sure it's not prospecting. Oh, no, my name is uh, Daryl Wazinski. I'm uh, Jesse's <laughs> friend, uh, Brent Connolly. Sorry, this is just a prospecting computer that I got named uh, Daryl Wazinski. No worries, no worries. I was like, that's, when you have 300,000 in your database, you have to put prospecting as your name when you're on a Zoom. Don't talk to me, prospecting. So no, I appreciate your input and you're totally right. We we kind of say around our office, it's the it's six inches between your ears, right? And that typically is the agent. And think about how many times you've seen an agent do a video on YouTube showing how many red down arrows there are in their market,
2: right? Saw somebody
1: say, "Don't don't wait to buy real estate. Buy real estate and wait." That's amen to that. Anyway, all right. Well, we've reached eight thirty. I appreciate all of you, and uh, we had a pretty good turnout. And if 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 you liked today uh lisa has roped me into handling uh, agent power huddle every thursday for the rest of the year so i'd love to see you all back here all right hilaire nice to see you
2: nice to see you too
1: you guys have an awesome day all right thank you Ed. you bet good to see you brian see you scott bye-bye stacy mike nice to meet you thanks ed